Chapter Eight of Survivors of the Chancellor by Jules Verne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Joe Denoya, Somerset, New Jersey. Fire on board. October fifteen to October eighteen. The wind is still in the northeast. There is no change in the Chancellor's course, and to an unprejudiced eye, all would appear to be going on as usual. But I have an uneasy consciousness that something is not quite right. Why should the hatchways be so hermetically closed as though a mutinous crew was imprisoned between decks? I cannot help thinking, too, that there is something in the sailors so constantly standing in groups and breaking off their talk so suddenly whenever we approach, and several times I have caught the word hatches, which arrested Monsieur Letourneur's attention on the night of the disturbances. On the 15th, while I was walking on the forecastle, I overheard one of the sailors, a man named Owen, say to his mates, Now I just give you all warning that I am not going to wait until the last minute. Everyone for himself, say I. Why, what do you mean? asked Jinkstrop, the cook. Pshaw, said Owen. Do you suppose that longboats were only made for porpoises? Something at that moment occurred to interrupt the conversation, and I heard no more. It occurred to me whether there was not some conspiracy amongst the crew, of which probably Curtis had already detected the symptoms. I am quite aware that some sailors are most rebelliously disposed and required to be ruled with a rod of iron. Yesterday and today I have observed Curtis remonstrating somewhat vehemently with Captain Huntley, but there is no obvious result arising from their interviews the captain apparently being bent upon some purpose of which it is only too manifest that the mate decidedly disapproves captain huntley is undoubtedly laboring under strong nervous excitement and monsieur letourneur has more than once remarked how silent he has become at mealtimes for although curtis continually endeavors to start some subject of general interest yet neither mr falston mr keir nor mr ruby are the men to take it up and consequently the conversation flags hopelessly and soon drops the passengers too are now with good cause beginning to murmur at the length of the voyage and mr keir who considers that the very elements ought to yield to his convenience lets the captain know by his consequential and haughty manner that he holds him responsible for the delay during the course of yesterday the mate gave repeated orders for the deck to be watered again and again and although as a general rule this is a business which is done once for all in the early morning the crew did not utter a word of complaint at the additional work thus imposed upon them the tarpaulins on the hatches have thus been kept continually wet so that their close and heavy texture is rendered quite impervious to the air the chancellor's pumps afford a copious supply of water so that i should not suppose that even the daintiest and most luxurious craft belonging to the aristocratic yacht club was ever subject to a more thorough scouring i tried to reconcile myself to the belief that it was the high temperature of the tropical regions upon which we are entering that rendered such extra sousings a necessity and recalled to my recollection how during the night of the thirteenth i had found the atmosphere below deck so stifling that in spite of the heavy swell i was obliged to open the porthole of my cabin on the starboard side to get a breath of air this morning at daybreak i went on deck the sun had scarcely risen and the air was fresh and cool in strange contrast to the heat which below the poop had been quite oppressive the sailors as usual were washing the deck a great sheet of water 
supplied continuously by the pumps, was rolling in tiny wavelets and escaping now to the starboard, now to the larboard through the scupper holes. After watching the men for a while as they ran about barefooted, I could not resist the desire to join them, so taking off my shoes and stockings, I proceeded to dabble in the flowing water. Great was my amazement to find the deck perfectly hot to my feet. Curtis heard my exclamation of surprise, and before I can put my thoughts into words, said, Yes, there is fire on board. End of chapter 8